Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Um, yes, hello, 911. Uh, this is Permit Patty. Um, there's two guys that have been on my block for the last few months recording a podcast, and I do not believe that they have the credentials that could be creating the heat that they have been creating. It is so hot that their house literally has smoke coming from it okay i know that podcasts are free and you can do one with just buying a simple amount of equipment but i don't think they have the right credentials so i need you to send the officers over here immediately to take care of this once again this is permit patty please i am fearful of my life send someone immediately thank you bye Hey, what's up, Affirminators? Welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What's up, people? Yes, we will not let the permit patties and the barbecue betties and so on and so forth, we're not letting those people stop us. We are here once again. The feds came. We showed them our paperwork, which we do have. We do have a permit to create the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Show the officers that. They kindly, they kindly obliged and let us continue on with our day. And we are here. Fran, what's going on? Nothing much, man. I feel like, <clears throat> I feel like um, all the shit that's been happening. I feel like we haven't recorded in like a month. It's been so much shit happening. Like, like people just been like dying left and right. It seems like. Yeah, people die every day, b. I mean, well, like, but as far as like it being since social media is so big. Yes. It seems like now when people die, it's it's getting out. Like we just hear more about you know. Local rappers getting shot. And, yes. And then we had, I think recently in like Rosedale, um, there was a guy that killed two two ladies that were neighbors. Oh. And they said what drove him was his, his drug addiction was drove him to kill I did these not, two ladies. So. I did not hear about that. Yeah, it's I've just been, been... I've been really focused on uh, 
what's been going on with this Junior Guzman case and the, that um, that kid that got killed in the Bronx. Yeah, that too, man. Yeah, it's they just... they um, first of all, I want to you know um, give a round of applause because uh, they caught all the people that uh, were involved in that, and you know the trial has begun. Those people are not gonna have a fun time in jail. Um, you think you're tough, and then you meet real tough people who don't who have a grudge out against you because you did something so disgusting. So. They deserve everything that's coming to him. That was horrific what they did to that yeah. kid. He was 15. He was going downstairs to give somebody some money for his mom and then decided to just pop into the bodega to get some food real quick. And they butchered him outside of that uh, that bodega. It was horrific. I didn't watch the video because I had heard what was in, on the video. Mm-hmm. But apparently, I mean, the hatchet, machete. Yeah, you know, I, I watched the video. Yeah. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying about social media. It's just everything gets out. Yeah. You, it's everything is caught on video now. It's like, and seeing that, and then they had like a picture that his face, man, I was like, I couldn't even. For me, as being his, if I was his parent, I, yeah, that would, that would, that would have done it for me. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen too many uh, dead bodies on the internet that I it. I feel numb to it mm-hmm. at this point, and and I think that's weird for society. And if I feel that way, imagine as savvy as these kids are these days, like fifteen year old kids, they saw uh, that XXX Tentacion guy dead yep. in his car. Mm-hmm. This Junior Guzman video, mm-hmm. uh, just I mean, all the time, World Star just put up a video, man burned alive. Like it just yeah. it just desensitizes you to yeah. what's going on in the world, man. And then like a rapper in Toronto just got killed. I think he was oh. supposed to sign with Drake. Oh, wow. And then another Pittsburgh rapper. It's just like, it's all like drive-by shooting. It's like either either robbery or just, it's like, uh, also about the the, uh, junior case. It's like, how do you, I feel like when stuff happens like that, you already had the motive to kill somebody. I don't think, I don't think people go and like, I'm going to stab this person just to hurt him, to not think that you oh, no, may they possibly were, kill a person. There's no way that they attack that kid like, we're going to like that's, show that's him. That's what I mean. We're going to like beat him up, or he's, we're just going to hurt him a little bit. Right. They butchered that kid. Right. So they they intended to kill him. That's insane. So um, there, there's, not, there's not even a question about that. There's no way that was some kind of uh, message. Or, right, that's what know, I mean. That was, a, 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 they assassinated him, you know. Um, that's crazy. But, um. Off of a mistaken idea. You know, hopefully, it's, yeah. I mean, and, and even if if it was the right guy, yeah. You know, it's like, what? Why? What did he do that was so bad that five of you guys needed to stab him to death? Um, but again, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm happy to um, find out that those guys are gonna get. You know, his parents are gonna get some kind of justice. You know, it'd be better to have your kid, but at least some people don't even their their murders are never solved. So. You know, it was caught on camera. None of them are going to get away. They're all going to get the book thrown at them. And um, it's sad that, you know, it's like six, seven lives lost because of that. You know, it's, it's wild. Um, but, yeah, that's how the world goes. Uh, that's how the world goes. And, uh, wow. Wow, <laughs> folks. Wow. We have breaking news live on the podcast. LeBron James has just signed with the Los Angeles wow. Lakers. Wow. That is... um. Wow. wow, live in the middle of the podcast. LeBron James has just signed with the wow. LA Lakers. I don't mean to turn off the, the junior case, but that is um pretty big news. So I will be announcing uh my I'm sending LeBron to Los Angeles with good spirits. I cannot uh, become a Lakers fan. I I've talked too much shit about Kobe Bryant and Lakers fans over the years that I um this is where this is where the road ends for me. 
Uh, I love LeBron James. Uh, if he goes to the finals, I will be rooting for him. But uh, yeah, I can't. I can't buy a Lakers jersey. I just. I can't do that one. Um, but co congratulations to LeBron James. And 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 on that note of LeBron James, somehow finding his way into this podcast and kind of turning the tide a little bit. Let's just go ahead and get into these good vibes. That that was a good uh, segue to get us out of that Junior um, Guzman case because it's really sad to me. So let's get out of that and let's go and get these good vibes taken care of. That's right, folks. We're going to try to focus. You have caught us in the middle of big breaking news, and we're going to try to get through this without being turning this into a sports podcast. Like we said before we went, we started the music, LeBron James is now a Los Angeles Laker. He is wearing the purple and gold. Wow. But we will try not to let that, let that distract us. And, uh, Fran, please give the people what they are craving for and uh, tell us what your good vibe story is this week. All right. That – sorry, that, that threw yeah, me – I know. We off got, the rails on we that got one. this though we're yep. we, we're professional so um kind of my good vibe story this week is about philip hancock okay he was a 27 year old when he passed away two months ago oh whoa, but the wow, compassionate right. young man's death made history in chong chong queen china wow okay hancock had been working as an english teacher there for four years until he fell ill from complications with type 1 diabetes mm. when he was rushed to the hospital in an ambulance his heart and his heart had temporarily stopped beating by the time his family arrived, he had fallen into a coma, and he passed. Mm. So rest in peace, Philip Hancock. Yeah. While sure. this may have seemed like a, a fairly common tragedy, there was something remarkable about his Australian about the Australian man's passing because he was an organ donor. Not just any organ donor. He became the first foreign donor in the city's history, and only the seventh, only the seventh foreign donor in China. And his story may inspire more Chinese to rethink their end of life wishes. Oh, do they not do that like that out there no, in China? No, they oh, don't. Oh, wow. Yep, okay. I just learned that too. Uh, oh. It says, quote, he had always thought that if he was ever in that situation, he would like his organs to be donated. Whatever he could take, whatever they could take so he could help out in some way. That's mm -hmm. what Philip's father said. Yeah. He always wanted to help people in whatever way possible. That's why he wanted to be a teacher. And help he did. His liver and kidneys were reportedly used and three life-saving operations, mm. and his corneas restored sight to two different people. It's like that movie, Seven Pounds. I was going to say that. Oh, I'm I sorry. I was definitely going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it reminded me of, Will Smith and wow. Seven Pounds, which was my movie. I, I love that movie. Um, the donations also is also significant because organ donation is very uncommon in China due to the cultural belief that a person's body should remain intact after death. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, compared to a general misunderstanding of the organ donor process, it's part of the reason why China has one of the lowest rates of organ donation in the world. Wow. So when Hancock's story hit social media, it touched the hearts of many and inspired users to call him a hero and an angel and who will live on through the people who he saved. Wow. Uh, one could even dare to be hopeful that his story will inspire others to change their thoughts on organ donation in the future. And that was... Um, Philip Hancock. Shout out to Philip Hancock. Yeah. Give, give it up. Give it up. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I mean, I think, I think, I think everybody should. I mean, you know, if you have your beliefs, they're what, you know, they are what they are. But if you're dead, and your heart could help somebody, like, why, why do you care? Are you organ organ donor? I don't know if it's on my driver's license. I, 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 <laughs> you know, something you asked me that question is like, 
I believe in it, <laughs> but I don't know if I actually did the actual paperwork to be one. Uh, but I, it's it's not in a. I'm not like against it. Mm-hmm. I've I'm I, I'm so indifferent about it. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, take whatever you want. Yeah, but I'm, I don't know if I've done the actual work to it's, do it. It's on my license. But then you hear them stories about. You should get that taken off because you know if, that's that's conspiracy. you know they're not going to save you if you're an organ donor. Yeah, um, that's like how the, uh, what you telling me they're going to go through my license and they be like, well, well, that's we need that. that. <laughs> and that's the thing, like you can get caught up in this again. Like I, I take deep dives down conspiracy rabbit holes a lot. A lot, a lot of my time is spent watching YouTube crazy YouTube videos, and I've heard so many conspiracies about uh, random drive-bys and all this kind of stuff being the government. Cause some rich guy in Connecticut needs a new heart. They're like, okay, well, we just, you know, we'll send out a government agent and kill some black kid and in Florida, take his liver or his heart or whatever and sell it to the highest donor. Cause on the black market, apparently these organs go for crazy. That's what I hear about the black 500, market. 500,000 for Is a that heart. like a real thing? Yeah. Wow. But the black market might also be tied up in a hospital, like the rich, you know, who knows how, how deep the black market goes, man. The black market exists, if that's for sure. And if you need a liver, somebody can get you a liver. They got they do all kind of crazy uh I just don't believe that. Non non uh regis- non uh above board surgeries in Mexico. Wow. Maybe the Mexican doctor buys a heart and somebody maybe a cartel member needs a heart, like the head of the cartel, he can't just go to a hospital. You get some disgraced doctor, wow. he has a little underground hospital. He does liver transplants and kidney transplants. This is all speculative, of course. We don't know anybody that's a member of the black market. But all I'm saying is I don't think that if you do listen to those conspiracies, I don't think you should be walking around not being an organ donor because you think somebody might try to take you out or they won't resuscitate you Mm -hmm. because they want your your spleen or something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you know. Did you watch Seven Pounds? Go watch Seven Pounds and then talk about not wanting to be an organ donor. They got his eyes. Somebody yeah. got his fucking lips or whatever yep. crazy shit. And he gave them all to the people. Yep. And then Rosario Dawson went around and like hugged everybody that all his body parts was on. Yep. It was beautiful. So, you know, be like Will Smith. And don't be like Jaden Smith because you can't because he's one of a kind. And Most now definitely. and now it's time for my good vibes. <sighs> my good vibes are, I would say that they're bittersweet. It's a beautiful story came out of a very tragic situation. Uh, America's last remaining Toys R Us stores have closed this past weekend mm. uh, after a final Friday clearance sale. One Toys R Us location in Raleigh, North Carolina, however, has shut its doors a little early. And for a good reason. After an anonymous patron purchased $1 million worth of toy worth of the store's remaining toys to donate to local children, mm-hmm. uh... The mystery buyer's immense gesture of good faith is a silver lining in what to many has been a sad narrative on the shuttering on, on the what on the shuttering of an well I guess well I'm going to say shutting it says shuttering on the shuttering of an iconic American business. And I can remember man uh the reason that the Toys R Us is closing down which I'll get to in a minute is so crazy to me because I more times than not when I was a kid I would go to Toys R Us with no particular toy in mind. Mm-hmm. I just we riding by like, can we can we just go? Maybe I ride the bike around the a circle, mm-hmm. you know, and then if your mom says you can buy a $10 toy, you can buy a $20 toy and you just go pick just pick a toy. Mm-hmm. It's not like, "Mom, the new such and such came out. <laughs> can you take me to Toys R Us and get me the new such and such?" That's happened, but a lot of times it was just like 
can we just see? Can I get a Beetleborg? Can I get a new Transformer toy? <laughs> you know, can I get a Woody from 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 Toy Story doll? It just something. Can I get something? Let me leave the store with something. Also, just let me go in Toys R Us, take a little bouncy ball out of the big cage, and pretend like I'm Michael Jordan and shoot a, the ball back into the cage. You know, mm-hmm. and it just makes me sad that that's a generation of kids is gonna grow up and just they get their toys and get dropped off from the mail on steps, you know? Yeah. It's just Amazon. something not as exciting about that. Yep. Yes, Amazon is one of the direct contributors to the reason that Toys yes, R Us sir. is shutting down. Um, the company's bankruptcy follows the boom of online retailers where shoppers could purchase com- uh, competitively priced toys f- and from the comfort of their own homes. There were also uh, the heavy debt, the heavy debt load Toys R Us had to bear after the company was purchased by a private equity firm. That's all boring jargon. Da 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 da. Basically, they got bought by a company and they had to declare bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then pouring salt on the wounds of nostalgic millennials. Further, a photo which this little this almost made me cry when I saw this. This was, I was a, going, I was... A, a photo of mascot Jeffrey the giraffe wheeling a small suitcase yep. out of an empty Toys R Us store went viral this week. Yep. And it is black and white. And it's so, the store, there's not a toy on any rack. And he's just standing in the middle of the screen. I was Looking like, sad as fuck. When I saw that, and I'm glad you did this, it's because I was like, when I saw that picture, I was like, I almost had a tear come down my eye. Yeah, man, it's crazy, It was just man. so sad. That's, cr- that's crazy. He had his little suitcase. Yeah. And are you going to, are you going to, uh, quote, read the quote that they had for that picture or not? Oh, yeah. It said, uh, wait, no, wait. Yeah, no, there is no quote. Do you know it? It was like, um, I don't know it word for word, but it was like, uh, well, uh, all the kids, I guess all the kids have grown up. Like, it was just like a wow. set, like a set, and he was like, uh, remember one thing, don't ever, he said, promise me one thing, don't ever grow up and play on. That's what it was like. I was like, Jeffrey, we, I was we like, won't ever grow wow. up. Wow. Salute to you, Jeffrey, great. and we will take your wise words that Fran kind of got right, and we will do <laughs> what you say and carry your memory on, and we will remain kids at heart. Yeah, it was it was sad. And then, like when I see stuff like that, I was like, I start to like start digging. Yeah. And the guy that found the Toys R Us passed in like March. Oh, so the the, the, the kid like, the kids probably didn't want to keep it going. The next generation like, was like, let's just sell it and make money and and, and close that's, up that's the, close up the shop and not keep the, not keep Pop Pop's dream alive of providing toys to kids. Anyway, mm. that was my good vibes. Uh, this guy who is a, a mysterious donator. And I find that the most beautiful thing, because this guy didn't do it for publicity. He didn't do it, you know, to become Twitter famous or become trending. He did it because he wanted to donate kit toys to kids. So I don't even know who to salute. salute. But salute to you, mystery, yes, ma- mystery man or woman. I don't know. You know, and a million dollars goes a long way at Toys R Us. That's a lot of toys. So we appreciate you. And uh, we uh, mourn the loss of Toys R Us and Jeffrey the Giraffe. And on that note, I want to send us off to a beautiful rendition of I Don't Want to Grow Up, I'm a Toys R Us Kid, (laughs) sang by Mr. Chase Holfelder. He is a musician and a YouTuber. Uh, Check out his channel and uh, enjoy these beautiful, beautiful melodies from Mr. Chase Chase Holfelder. And uh, we'll see you in a second. Stay tuned. I don't want to grow up I'm a toy 
Us There's a million toys at Toys R Us that I could play with. Bikes and trains to video games. It was the biggest toy store there is. I don't want to grow up. Because if I did. All right, folks, we are back. Fran, uh, I believe it is my turn to go first this week Yep. because you closed the show out last week. Yep. Uh, please buckle yourself in for my affirmative murder this week. This is the story of Mary Deborah Stevens. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> is she African-American? Or? She is um, Indian. Oh. Okay. Of Indian descent. Okay. I'll get into it. It's, it's, it's not complicated. But, all right. I'm uh, just going to start with a little bit of a description. So, uh, first of all, a gypsy is a member of a racial ethnic group known as the Romani. Generally characterized by darker skin and black hair, the largest population of gypsies now live in Eastern Europe. However, communities of gypsies can be found in many countries around the world. They first originated in India sometime before 400 AD and began a nomadic lifestyle where, you know, they just did, they went from place to place. They didn't mm -hmm. stay in one place at a time. Uh, that eventually took many of them to Europe. From one initial community in India, they have developed into several tribes that exist from India to Spain and and from Russia to Northern Africa. And each tribe consists of countless clans, which vary dramatically in culture and lifestyle depending on which tribe or clan and even family they belong to. Clans usually specialize in a single or few trades, such as horsemanship, fishing, music and dance, which I didn't know that was a trade, but, you know, that's cool, and entertainment, metalwork, and fortune telling they have endured much racial discrimination in the past which makes them perfect for our show which still continues today <clears throat> and now we're getting into the story sister myra who was part of a large gypsy family lived in east baltimore maryland for approximately 40 years uh oh the 30 for 30 of for 30 of those years she lived in a she lived in and worked in a brick house on pulaski highway as a palm reader and fortune teller wait is this the Okay, yes, all right, I like this. Okay. She was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1930 and moved to Baltimore in the 1950s. Sister Myra, whose real name was Mary Deborah Stevens, was the daughter-in-law of King Dick Stevens, which I don't know how you earn a nickname <laughs> like that, but salute to you, sir. Uh, hundreds of Stevens family members immigrated from Romania at the turn of the century. One of the family members, King Dick Stevens, moved to Baltimore at the turn of the century. He became a citizen in 1904. He, he operated in Cherry Hill, or as we say here in Baltimore, Cherry Hill, as a coppersmith at a, at a coppersmith shop from the 1920s up until his death in 1959. King Dick was also a national gypsy leader until his death in 1959. He led approximately 10,000 gypsies from all over the nation. His clan was considered the most powerful in the United States. I don't know what that means, if that's muscle or magic. I don't really know, but he, King Dick was the king of the gypsies as well. How's it spelled? Like it sounds. Wow. King D-I-C-K. <laughs> king Dick. Uh, Deborah Stevens, the matriarch of the gypsy family, lived in the Pulaski Highway house by herself since her husband Walter's death in 1973. Despite a, being a bit of a loner, she had been well-known, well-respected, and well-loved in the Baltimore area. 
she was known to offer refuge to caravans of gypsies that were that were traveling the east coast she lived in the pulaski highway house up until her tragic murder in 1994. on a tuesday evening on november 15 1994 deborah stevens had spoken on the phone with one of her three sons during their conversation she had mentioned to her son that she was concerned with a particular client. The following morning, a witness stated that he had seen a man arguing with Deborah on the front steps of her house. At approximately 9.30 a.m., shortly thereafter, one of Deborah Stevens's sons found her body in the living room area near the front door. Her head was found 10 feet away. Deborah Stevens was 64 years old at the time of her murder. Somebody decapitated a 64-year-old palm-reading gypsy that lived in a little brick house mm. who, who, if you're from Baltimore and you've rolled down Pulaski Highway to get to the city, you ride past this little house that stands alone by itself. It's next to a Dunkin' Donuts and across the street from a mattress warehouse, and they haven't torn the house down. And it just is kind of this almost like an urban legend that some lady got decapitated in this house. 20, 30 years ago, and the house still stands there. Not another house around it. It's just kind of in this grass field by itself. You could walk up to it and go in it if you want. Well, not now. Not now? That's gone. Oh, they tore it down? Yeah, the house is gone. Wow. Yeah. Okay, wow. Wow, yeah, that's breaking news. I, yeah, I should have looked into that. Wow. I haven't been down that way in a while. So, wow. Okay. Well, anyway, moving on. Douglas Thomas Clark was arrested approximately two hours after the body was found. He tried committing suicide by throwing himself under an Amtrak train. He mm. obtained injuries due to also jumping in front of an Amtrak police car several times. After being caught and treated for his injuries, Clark confessed to the crime. Clark stated that he had been consulting with Deborah Stevens because he believed Jamaicans had put a hex on him. <clears throat> Believing such things like he could not be killed. Clark also believed Deborah Stevens was the devil. The murder weapon Clark used was a blood was a blood-stained culinary saw which was found the day after the killing. Mm. It was found in a trash receptacle receptacle across the street from the scene of the murder. So he just butchered this lady, went across the street, dumped the axe or whatever in a trash can and was like, "Well, I killed the devil, so <laughs> let me go on to try to throw myself in front of a train." Mm. Just a typical day in the life of a lunatic. Uh Clark's left ring fingerprint was found on the storm door and two panes of glass from a living room window were broken. Judge Mabel H. Hubbard ordered Clark to be held without bail. She sent him to Clifton T. Perkins Hospital Center for the criminally insane. Prior to the court proceedings, Clark had, re Clark had received a psychiatric evaluation. While under the care of the hospital, it was found he suffered from schizophrenia. Mm. The doctors, however, concluded that, Dark, that Clark was competent to understand any and all charges against him. I don't know if that means. Well, I know what it means because I know the story, but he still gets to keep that in his back pocket that he's not right mm -hmm. and use it. So what difference does it make if he can understand it or, you know, he can still say, well, I understand what you're saying to me, but I'm crazy. So <laughs> you can't arrest me and you can't. Put, give me the death penalty. I don't or think that. that make any sense. Yeah, it's like, well, he does have schizophrenia, but he knows what's going on. Right. Okay, can we send him to jail? Well, no, because he's had schizophrenia, so he's not responsible for what he did. It's like, oh, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> on April 24th, 1995, Douglas Thomas Clark, at age 28, 
pleaded guilty but not criminally responsible to first-degree murder and carrying a deadly weapon with the intent of harming Deborah Stevens. The Baltimore Circuit Court Judge Clifton J. Gordy Jr. accepted those pleas and committed Clark to the State Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, which I don't even know. I never heard of that place. Me. Mental hygiene. That's an interesting combination of words. Uh, which, w- which would determine if and when he could be released. Now, this is crazy. In the year 2001, just six years after Clark's guilty plea for beheading a 64-year-old woman, he was released to the care of his mother. What? There have been no further details of his release. To this day, Clark's whereabouts are unknown other than the fact that he is walking around free from a horrendous crime he committed decades ago. Deborah Stevens' funeral consisted of hundreds of gypsies gathering in the city of Baltimore to celebrate her life over a three-day period. Deborah Stevens was laid laid to rest beside her husband, Walter, and other Stevens family members, which I would assume includes King Dick. And uh, Deborah Stevens was buried in a white sequin gown. Funeral attendees tossed coins on her white and silver coffin. This is a tradition that is said to uh, help ease her into the grave and also into heaven family members and and friends drank whiskey and poured it on the burial sites to allow the deceased to partake in the service please don't pour whiskey on my family's graves i'm sorry you're mourning but pour it on her don't don't try to get my family involved in your Uh. shenanigans um there were two gypsies wearing traditional dresses that danced beside the grave while an accordion and trombone player played a variety of music. So it was lit. And I didn't mean to use that word because that word should be, it's old now. Middle-aged white people use it now, so I think we should debt it. But it seems fitting for this. But it it was, they turned up in the cemetery. Wow. Uh, Sister Myra was buried with her favorite items, Bibles and tarot cards. She was also buried with new dresses and makeup, things a woman would need in the afterlife. Wait, so did they have, like, did they say they had, like, open casket or? I would assume no, because she doesn't have a head on her. Right. So, no. I think okay. it was closed. Hmm. Unless they just maybe put the head in it. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> never mind. I was going to say something. Never mind. Say it. Say it. I, I was going to say, like, maybe they put the head, like, in her arm. Like like a, like a. <laughs> Like, like, like a, like, uh, a bat, like it was a basketball or something. Like a, uh, what is that? That guy that rides the horse. Oh, uh, sleepy, <laughs> like a, uh, uh, Sleepy Hollow, uh, Pumpkin Man. <laughs> sleepy Hollow Pumpkin Man. Like yeah, Sleepy Hollow a, Pumpkin he Man? Got a pumpkin as a head. Yeah, like man. Sleepy Hollow Pumpkin Man. That was in bad taste. <laughs> so we're going to move on. According to Gypsy Belief, when a person goes to heaven, it is a new beginning. The funeral service should be a celebration filled with food and drink because it's a reflection of what happens in heaven. I want my funeral to be like that. Just so you know, I let Sierra know that too, but I don't want people, I don't want to like take me and I want to be cremated and then I want somebody to just rent a hall, play some music, have a microphone and everybody just come up and just tell a good memory. You want to be cremated? Yeah, I don't want to be, I don't, let me, set me free. I want to be part of nature. Why is that? Why? Because you want to be cremated and thrown into the ocean. Into something. Oh, you know, I don't. Want, I also don't want my ashes like mounted on some fireplace for Sierra's next husband to be looking at. I'll be like, give me some. Get some like, what? Get like some little, ashes? Get like a little. Uh, one yeah, them, you put them it in a little necklace little, around your neck. One of them little jars you get from yeah. the ocean. My man. I got you. Uh, yeah, I got no, you. I, yeah, I don't want to be buried. Uh, I just knowing what happens once you go down there, and I think that 
the financial aspect of it, it costs a lot of money to oh, do yeah. that. And it's just for what, you know, like I'm gone, man. Like, you know, get rid of me and, you know, take me to somewhere special. Take me on a trip mm-hmm. and, and let me go there. And then every time you go there, think of me. Take me to Australia. If you've never been to Australia, go to Australia. You've just been to Australia. Let me go in Australia. And now every time you go to Australia, you know, you can think of me. And I'm just think, chilling in Australia. I think I want a funeral. But I don't want to talk about this because it creeps me out. But Yeah, no, yeah, no that's but. fine. Yeah, no, 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 no. All right. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, most times, gypsy funerals are huge celebrations with a lot of drinking. But due to the manner in which Deborah Stevens died... She was decapitated. Mm-hmm. It was more subtle of a celebration, which if this is subtle, pouring whiskey on graves and dancing to accordion music and throwing change at her casket, I don't want to know if it just would have been she died of old age. <laughs> they might have burned the whole cemetery down. Like a like a like the when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Um this isn't true, but I wrote it, so I wanna you know, I've I've gotten breaking news from France, so but I'm still gonna say it because I re- I wrote it mm-hmm. and and uh I'm going to finish my story. The house on Pulaski Highway still stands to this day, a bit rough around the edges with no for, with a for sale sign on the side. Mm. It was sold back in 1998 to the owner of the furniture store across the street. Mm-hmm. The owner of the furniture store had been using the house as a storage unit, mm-hmm. extra parking for his employees and, and advertisement mm-hmm. with large advertising signs for the furniture store on both sides of the house. I would assume he's now torn it down. Maybe going to turn that into a lot or yeah. something. But to backtrack on that, I've I've drove down there sometimes because that's where Steph works uh-huh. towards that way, and I don't I I think I don't think it's there anymore. Just to be just to be sure, I don't think so. I don't think it's so, there. No, you're anymore. not for sure. I'm not for sure, but I don't think I I haven't like I feel like when I used to ride past, it, I used to be like, okay, I know what's happening. But have I rode past it? I haven't even like it haven't caught my haven't caught my eye. So I don't think it's there anymore. It may it may still be there. I don't know. But well, you know, I don't I'm, think I'm sure it's we'll there find anymore, out at some point. I'll make yeah. my way down there eventually. I've but, had nightmares where I've been in that house before. Cause just oh, cause it's a it's a not like in the house or w- the woman is involved. Yeah. Just cause it's it's such a staple. It's been such a staple building in Baltimore. Like if you know it, right? For just, people for people that don't know, it sits by itself. It's not yeah. connected to anything. It's like a Dunkin' Donuts. I don't even know how it next what to used it. to look. You know, <laughs> when she was living there, did she have neighbors? Like, was it always just the only house? Did, right? Did they knock down everything else and just keep that there? Yeah, like, it's, 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 it's it, it was pretty weird. Really? I'll put the I'll put the photos up on the Facebook group. Yeah. It is pretty eerie how it just sits by itself yeah. and still was sitting there up until t- two years ago. From my memory, it has. If it's gone, it hasn't been gone very long. And it was sitting there, and it was uh, uh, known that a woman was decapitated in that house. And everybody, whenever you ride by, just kind of it could come up in the topic of conversation. And you just, it just was kind of a thing that everybody knew. If you knew, if you know, you know about that house. Yeah, but for the guy that owns it, if it's still there or not. Now you say you use it for sto- was he putting he was putting stuff in the was house he putting mattresses in there I don't know because I'd be like those hey bro go- those are ghost mattresses I don't want now. I don't I don't want no mattress from out of that building if you sell me a, a mattress that was in Deborah Stevens' house I will fuck you up <laughs> because that's a ghost mattress now oh yes it's haunted and you can't get good str- good sleep off that it's like I'm sure people have died in my house but once you get the confirmation that's when like the yeah. ghosts exist now yeah like I don't I don't want to know. So now, if you sold me my mattress, I've been sleeping on my mattress for 10 years. Once you find out, oh, no, it was in that gypsy's house. Now it's a ghost mattress. Mm-hmm. And now the nightmares start when you wake up in the middle of the night and now you think burn. Deborah Stevens is, is at the foot of your bed, yep. holding her head like it's a basketball. And... <laughs> Spinning on her finger. Oh, Sorry. 
<laughs> that was the story of Deborah Stevens. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to tell you some <laughs> fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, folks, we're back. Also, before I turn things over to Fran, I just want to make a quick announcement. A few episodes ago, we had made a quick celebration that we had hit, uh, I think we had hit maybe 10,000, 12,000 downloads in mm. a month. And we had alluded to, man, maybe someday I played 24 karat magic and, and, and was like, maybe someday, you know, who knows how, you know, eventually we'll get to that. I would like to announce that we have officially crossed the threshold. We have had 24,000 downloads in about two months. Uh, we are very proud of that. Uh, it is it is pretty exciting uh, the, the way that you guys have been supporting the show and, and, and uh, downloading it and sending us things in the mail. And it just is really appreciated and it's very special. Also, one last announcement before I turn it over to Fran. I have ordered stickers. Okay. Uh, I've ordered a limited number of stickers. So anybody who would maybe like a sticker, you can DM me from the Facebook group or DM our Twitter account and just send us your address if you would like a sticker. They'll probably be here um, within about two weeks, and we'll get those out to you guys if you, if you want them. They're free. We're not you know they're not charging. You know. We just, I wanted to make some merch up and I wanted to see if anybody would want it. So they'll be here soon. And uh, if you would like a sticker, it's the logo for the show. If you would like a sticker, just DM us on Facebook or Twitter and get us your address and we'll get those to you in the mail. I think, Fran, you can facilitate that, mm -hmm. right? Get us yeah. some envelopes or something and, yep. and uh, we'll get those out to you guys. So, um, again, thank you very much for downloading the show, listening to the show. Uh, 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 leaving reviews for the show and just being supportive. And now, Fran, I turn things over to you. Did you get me a sticker? Or you can have one of the stickers. Okay. But because it's it works in reverse, because you work for the show, you need to pay for the stickers. You don't just get free stickers. Well, you just giving out stickers. So I was I'm giving out free. stickers to the people that support us. Oh. You want to? You want to? You can't get high on your own supply. Also, um, the members on the Facebook page is going up. Yes. So and I and I and I'm very happy. Uh, people coming in, telling us their favorite '90s jam, uh, promising to not be assholes, which we have not had a single incident. I, I hope that continues. Everybody just continue to be civil and have fun and yeah. keep it lighthearted. You know, we're not some, we're not like a true crime. We're not like a traditional true crime podcast or true crime people. Like, you know, if you want to share something funny on the Facebook group, if mm -hmm. you know, we're not here to like. For looking for all the crazy details about crazy murders and all this kind of stuff. It's not just for that. Like, if you want to just pop on and say what's up or set, tell us what your favorite 90s jam is or, you know, put up a picture of somebody uh, that you think is funny looking. You know, we're, we're all, you know, do whatever you want. It's, it's, it's a platform for you guys to communicate with each other and for us to communicate with you. However, it doesn't have to. We're not one of those podcasts that was like, that's like, if you're not on here talking about crimes, don't post. The admins will block you or none of that right. shit. Like, just post and just be cool and don't be a dick. Like, that's, don't be a king dick. Like, that's our main rule. <laughs> don't be a king dick. Come on, be cool, be civil to everybody and have a good time. And, uh, you know, that's about it. And thank you guys for joining the Facebook group, too. Yep. All right. <clears throat> My affirmative murder this week is about Carlton Gary. Carlton Gary. Yeah. I don't think either one of us have did this guy before. I don't know. I don't, that name doesn't sound familiar. if we did, somebody would be sure to let us know. I only recognize but, one Carlton. Yeah, but if we if we did do it before, don't be a king dig about it. Yeah, exactly. Just, be cool, man. Just be cool. Just casually mention to us, hey, guys, you did that on episode seven. Yeah. You don't be like, oh, you guys are recycling stories, hacks. You guys aren't even good. Because you can suck my dick. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can suck my king dick. <laughs> Yeah, so, all right, Carlton Gray was born on September 24th, 1950, 
in Columbus, Georgia. His father was a construction worker who wanted nothing to do with him and would not accept any financial responsibility for him. Oh. Gary only met his biological father once mm. when he was 12 years old. Gary's mother was extremely poor, and as a result, they frequently re- relocated. Mm. He was malnourished. Mo- he was malnourished most of the time, and was often left with his aunt and great aunt, both who were both maids for elderly wealthy women. What year is this? This is in the 1950s. Okay, so yeah. even still, maids. <laughs> All right, this guy could have used Ayanla fix my life. She would have been able to help him out. I don't know who that is. Who's that? She was on the Oprah Winfrey Network. Oh, man. I don't watch that. People, I don't mean to cut you off, but this show, every episode, I almost cry <laughs> or do cry because it's all these people that have all these tragic family lives, uh-huh. and she comes in, she's like, you had, you didn't have the tools to raise a child because you are still a child. And the oh. people are like, oh, God, my she, life. Did she tear people apart? She tear them apart to build yeah, them back, back up. up. Oh, okay, yeah. gotcha. Ayanla, man. She's like uh, Oprah's protege. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. Hmm, okay. Is she going to be on every magazine at some point? She probably is on OWN magazine. <laughs> oh, okay. On Oprah Winfrey magazine, she probably is. She's like the main show on Oprah's network. I'm talking about network. the cover, because ain't nobody on that cover except for Oprah. Oh, no, that's it, that's not Chad. I thought you meant in the magazine. <laughs> no. no, no, it's Oprah's magazine. Oprah's on the cover. She might get to be on the Copra with Oprah have her arm around uh, it, but that's Oprah magazine. It's got her name in it. Yeah, she's that's the title. She's the, the cover old man. magazine. She's the cover man every year. Uh, yeah. So in elementary school, Gary suffered serious head trauma when he was knocked unconscious in a playground Uh-oh. accident. Uh oh. In his teens, he was very heavy. He was a very heavy drug user. Between the ages of fourteen and eighteen, he was arrested numerous times for robbery, arson, and assault. Oh. During the At time fourteen. Between ages of fourteen and eighteen. Damn. Yeah. During the time he was all, during that time he also got married to a woman named Sheila. Okay. And had two children. In nineteen seventy. It's kind of a gross name. Well, Sheila? It comes out rough. Sheila. She, you can't really say the name sexy. Sheila. Sheila. I thought maybe like he heard that song. Uh, it's called Sheila. It's called Sheila. Yeah, it's from it's from a group called Ready for the World. Sing me eight bars of it. It's like, oh, oh, Sheila. Uh, 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 oh, she. But that came out in the 80s, so that couldn't okay. be. That couldn't be. But I'm sure people know that song. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard that. <laughs> All right, well, I don't want to get off into it, but that was one of the groups that I thought, they thought Prince was part of. It. Oh, part of oh, okay. Sounded Prince-esque. Yeah. Yep, okay. Yep. So he moved to Albany, New York, where he had plans to become a singer. But he continued with his criminal activities. That's on Jeez. two different parts of the fucking size of the meter. You'd yeah. be like, I'm a singer. I want to be a singer. I want to be a singer. And also an arsonist <laughs> and a rapist. Or whatever <laughs> whatever crazy shit he's doing. <laughs> this ain't going to work. Yeah. Rather go rob people. <laughs> so, uh, in, May 19th, in May 1970, soon after Carlton Gary moved to Albany, an elderly woman named Marion Brewer was robbed and attacked in her hotel room. Mm. Two months later, 85-year-old Nellie Farmer was robbed in her apartment and strangled to death. How do you... We've done a few stories where like elderly people are the victim. My la- The one I just did today, I guess it's over 60, can be mm-hmm. considered like near elderly, mm-hmm. I guess. How do you do that to an old person? 85, you go in and first of all rob them and mm-hmm. then strangle an old person? Oh, that's crazy, man. But to... How long? Let me see. Um... Two months later, he okay. I thought it was, I thought he said two days later, but yeah, two months later, 
He killed eighty five. Well, he people. probably he might have committed a crime and then was like, you know, man, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get focused back on my music shit. I'm yeah. trying to be the next Marvin Gaye. Then it didn't work out, and then he went back to what he knows best. Yep. So after after Gary attempted an assault on a third on a third elderly woman, he was arrested and his fingerprints matched one left at the scene of the farmer murder. Mm. Gary admitted having taken part in a robbery, but he claimed that an accomplice, John Lee Mitchell, was responsible for and for the actual attack, for the actual murder. I'm sorry. Oh. Gary testified against Mitchell in court. Mm. Petty, and Mitchell was charged, despite no material evidence connected him to the crime. Gary. Gary was charged only with robbery. A sentence, a sentence he served in Anadega, and a shit, Anadega, yeah, Anadega uh. County Correctional Institute in Jamesville, New York. Okay, sure. Yeah, uh, he was paroled in 1975 and moved to Syracuse, New York. Okay. Here, two more elderly women were attacked, raped, and strangled in their wow. homes. How'd I know? How'd I know he was gonna end up raping people? Yeah. One died, but the other survived. These were elderly people. These were elderly people, yeah. Come on, man. I mean, don't rape anybody, but you're going to rape an old lady? That's rough. Yeah, so one died and the other survived. The attacks occurred within four days days of each other. The two survivors were not able to identify Gary positively as the crimes occurred in the dark. At least one victim was sure that her attacker was a a mustached black male, and and she was strangled with a scarf. <clears throat> Gary was never charged for any any of these crimes, but was instead sent back to prison for parole violation and robbery after he was caught trying to sell coins stolen from the same apartment building as one of the surviving Syracuse victims. And they didn't connect the dots on that? They just sent him to jail for stealing stuff? Yeah, trying to sell coins. But they were from somebody's house, a victim's house. Yeah, maybe they didn't connect him to that yet. I don't know. So on August twenty second of nineteen seventy seven, Gary escaped from his low security prison Damn. by sawing by sawing the bars through the bars of his cell and made it back to Columbus, Georgia. What the fuck is the Shawshank? So Redemption? he was in New York and got to Georgia after and got, sawing out of a prison. Yeah, wow. Said it was low security, man. So I guess I mean, were the bars made of like breadsticks or something? <laughs> How do you saw through? What did he have? Shit, I don't know. Professional equipment? You didn't do that with a spork. <laughs> He was if he did that with a plastic knife or something, that's crazy. It's like, but yeah, like, what are the bars? Like, what is it made out of? Like, how long did it take? Some him? kind of metal. He saw it through a... That's crazy. That is Wait, crazy. When did he say... That's crazy. How did they not hear it? Like, that's, that's insane. He might be a magician. <laughs> he might be a magician. It don't say when he went to prison, but he when he escaped, it was in 77, so... He might... He might but be. he had to at least, like, saw off, like... Four uh, bars. Four bars, yeah. I mean, he's not a mouse. That's crazy. That guy's a magician. That's impressive. Yeah. He's a piece of shit, but you saw it out of jail? That's crazy. But. That's, that's. How do you, but now that I think about it, he had, did he do this in one night? Because you had to walk past, unless he was like, bars unless he was like, sawing them off and then doing putting, it perfectly, them putting back, them back. Hanging them back right there. That dude. It had to be some kind of crazy plan. <laughs> this guy's a genius. That's crazy. That's, I didn't even think about he it. He sawed his way out of jail and didn't get caught in and the process all the of sawing. Yeah. All right, so one month after his escape, on September 16, 1977, 60-year-old Fern Jackson was raped, beaten, and strangled to death with a nylon stocking Jeez. at her home in <clears throat> Winton's District of Columbus. Columbus. Nine days later, 70, 71-year-old Jean Dam- Damastine 
was killed similarly as the 89-year-old Florence Shebo on October 20, 21st. I missed this going on. Yeah. Spring. And 69-year-old Martha Thurman on October 23rd. Five days later, Gary struck again, raping and killing 74-year-old Kathleen Woodruff. This time, there was no stocking left at the scene. I mean, we're talking about that was one after another after another. Women in the in the golden age of their life, go the golden girl. We're talking about like Blanche, you know. We're talking we're talking about Betty White. We're talking about <laughs> golden girls living their life. They maybe have on like uh those sweatsuits, like track suits mm-hmm. with the little designs on them, like Sinbad wears. You know, they're trying to you know make the most out of their last bit of life. Go yeah. to casinos and take care of their grandkids, and you break into their house and rape them. That is disgusting and horrible. That's crazy, man. I can't even imagine that. That's wild. That's super wild. He's raping these elderly, elderly women. women. Yeah. He might even break in there and be like, listen, you don't have to do this. We're, would you like some, whatever money? I mean, I, I would imagine they're as, as feeble and, and trying to be sweet as can be. Like, well, just take whatever you want. And then he goes, I am going to do that, and I'm going to rape you. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, cowardly too. Yes, these are these women are well over. Well, not I can say well over seventy, but they are over seventy. The median age you said a couple sixty, like 60 years old, yeah, but uh-huh. like the median age is like seventy years old if you average it out. Yeah, 70 60, year, 71, a seventy year old woman, sixty nine, seventy four, eighty nine. She's almost ninety years old. You could have just took whatever you wanted <laughs> and let that lady. She's gonna die in three years tops. Let her live out the rest of her life. Eighty nine. That's an accomplishment. You lived that long and then to get murdered. That's wild. Wow. That's that's unbelievable. That's cr- like no one would ever expect that at the funeral where it's like, yeah, she lived a full life, 89 years old. Like, oh, what's, did she die in her sleep? No, she was raped and murdered. Yeah. Like, that's insane. What are you talking about? Everybody would just assume, oh, she had like a heart attack. She's that old age. No, somebody, somebody murdered her. Right. That's wild. And so four months later on February 12th, 1978, Ruth Shaw was attacked. But she triggered a bedside alarm as her assailant fled. A bedside alarm? Yeah. What is she, a Batman? <laughs> uh, this this part was like, this dude was on a rampage. So she triggered her bedside alarm as her assailant fled. He went just two blocks down the road before breaking into another house and raping and strangling a 70-year-old Mildred Byrne. Wow. wow. That's crazy. He didn't get to accomplish what he wanted to accomplish. Oh, yeah. So he oh. Had to, he, that's like OCD. That's that's you're you're a berserk now. You're just you're you're in you got bloodlust. You're unstoppable. You almost got caught, and mm-hmm. you ran a couple blocks. I need to. I need to. Do, it's a need now. It's a need. That's dangerous. That's it's but, already he's already dangerous now. It's, he's dangerous and doesn't give a shit about getting caught. But he is just, he like? Is wow. he like stalking these old? How does he? No, even, I think he's just how like, does he even know? Like, is he just randomly in breaking in? I guess. Maybe he's looking in the window, see like an old lady on a recliner, and it's like, yep. He I'm must in. have went to like an old, like people neighborhood or something. I guess. Is that a thing? I don't know. But for him to be like, look in the window, no, they, yeah, they she, too young. They're 34, too old. Maybe he was in like, yeah, maybe, maybe he was in like a retirement community. Those do exist now that I think about it. But uh, he's in he's in D.C.? I don't know. He's, he's all over the place. In, this is in, he was in Georgia. Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. Two blocks after somebody just hit the life alert bracelet on you, whatever kind of bedside. Alarm. I don't even know what that is. Like, what is a bedside alarm? It's like a bell under the bed. Yeah, like, like that's some fucking shit. Batman shit. 
I bet it was a life alert bracelet. If those probably didn't exist in the eighties or the seventies. No. Never mind. That's smart. She had some extra she had some extra shit. She must have been rich. A bedside alarm. Wow. I wonder if it made noise. I would hope it was a silent alarm. Well, he then, ran though, so I don't think it could have been silent because he wouldn't have known. What if it just was like a, a fake? Yeah, it's like just, a loud alarm. She just got to sell it. Like she really, it goes. Like, <laughs> you better hurry up. The police will be here in thirty seconds. Or but it's like, just fake. It's they just got like, a big speaker with some like pit bulls in the back. <laughs> so, row, 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 row. I have a really oh, big dog, and that opens the gate. So now the gate's open. So the dog is on its way. I, you got to your life's on the line, man. You got to sell that. <laughs> oh man. She got him with that one. Uh, so his final victim was 61-year-old Janet Kofer, murdered on April 20th, 1978. Mm. Police announced that they suspected an African-American man of the murders. They became more com- Things became more complicated when a man calling himself the chairman of the forces of evil. Oh. This is quote. That is like a, a super villain name. Yeah. Yeah, so... So a man ca- calling himself the chairman of evil, uh, sorry, oh, the, the chairman of, of the evil. forces of evil. Get respect his, respect yeah. his title. So listen to this. I'm going to read that part over again. Okay. So police announced that they suspected an African-American man, African-American man of the, for the murders. Things became more complicated when a man calling himself the chairman of the forces of evil threatened to murder selected black women oh. if the stocking strangler was not stopped. So, so he's threatening to kill people if the person that's killing people doesn't get stopped. Yeah, but this is somebody else. If, like legit. Yeah. You aren't trying to like this isn't a throw off. No. A second person said, "Hey, if you don't stop this old le- this guy from killing all the old ladies, I'm gonna start killing old ladies." Yep. That is craziest shit. That's craziest shit. Yeah. So this he term- called himself the chairman of the the forces, forces of, of evil. evil. Yep. Wow. So this turned out to be an African American male, William Henry Hans. I don't know who this guy is. Yeah, I didn't. Right. I didn't give a chance to look him up, but I will. Now, was the guy on. was was Carlton? Were most of his victims black or white, or was it a mix? Or? It was all white women. Wow, all white women. Yep. So he was killing elderly white women in yep. the 1970s. So the news was probably this all is, over this is, us. This is what America wants to hear. It's like, oh, oh yeah, this is why they need to be separated from us. They're killing our mothers and mm-hmm. grandmothers. Mm-hmm. This is like. Not the best news to be getting while Dr. Martin Luther King is trying to get civil rights for black people. There's like a black dude running around killing old white women. That's crazy. Wow. Yep. So um, not a part of the cause, man. Yeah. So they turned out to be an African-American male, Mm -hmm. William Henry Hance, trying to cover up three murders of his own by putting the blame on onto white vigilantes. Wait, what? Yeah. Was that in his letter as well? How was he trying to cover up by exposing himself in a letter saying that he was going to kill people? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's crazy. This guy's clearly crazy. He's calling himself the chairman of the Well, Justice William League. Henry Hans is a black guy. Yes. But he was trying to take attention away from himself by threatening to kill old women in order to cover up that he murdered three people? Yeah. He was a serial killer, too, so I may, that may be my next my next affirmative murder. Yeah. Just a heads up. He's the chairman of the forces of evil. He's yeah. crazy as shit. So trying to cover up murders of his own by putting the blame onto white vigilantes. The chairman was arrested on April 4th, and the police hoped that this was the shocking, this mm, this was the stocking strangler, but their hopes were dashed when Colfer was murdered. That was his last, that was, yeah. what's his name, last victim? Carlton. Yeah, Carlton. So on December 1978, following a robbery in Gaffney, South Carolina, 
Gary was arrested and he confessed and was sentenced to 21 years in prison for armed robbery. He escaped from custody in 1983 and remained at large for a year before he was apprehended again. I mean, he's a magician. <laughs> I think that's just confirmed. He's a magician. He escaped from prison twice. Twice, yeah. He was gone for a year. Yeah. And now they are. And also, he escaped from prison and then. So now he escaped. So let me just try to. I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm getting it right. Mm-hmm. So he had already escaped from prison. Now he wasn't walking around legally. He just didn't get caught until he got caught during this robbery. Mm-hmm. And then, but so, he wasn't even in prison for that. That's what I'm saying. Right. He was in prison for something else. But they know once you you're like, oh, you're such and such. Oh, you're the guy that escaped from prison. Mm-hmm. And they put him in a prison cell that was also he was able to get a, escape from. <laughs> you put that man under the jail. This guy's clearly has some kind of supernatural forces. And you put him in a situation, maybe put him, tie him to a, a, some kind of um, apparatus like Hannibal Lecter where he has to be stood up and has to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Don't just let him walk around and st- survey the place and figure out ways to escape because he did exactly that. He escaped from jail twice. Magician. <laughs> You're sold on that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he was apprehended a year later. New evidence had come to light, including a gun that was traced back to Gary and a possible fingerprint match that led the police to believe that Gary was the murderer they were looking for. Overall, Gary is alleged to have raped and or murdered seven elderly women between 1977 and 1978 Wow! in, in Columbus. Known there as the Stocking Strangler, in three of the cases he was convicted of beating, sexually assaulting, and strangling the victims, mostly by using stockings, Two of the survivors testified that he strangled them into unconsciousness before raping or attempting to rape them. The Mm. one Georgia survivor positively identified him as the attacker in court. However, she had previously positively identified three other black men as the attacker and her initial... that's and right. in her initial statement had That's indicated that it was too dark to even distinguish the race of the attacker. That's not funny, but that is kind of funny. <laughs> I mean, she it's, was old. It's him. No, it, it, <laughs> no, no it, it's it's him. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sure now. Now I'm sure it, it's him. And then all four of those guys don't look anything uh-huh. alike. None well, it was it was dark. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't know exactly what it looked like, but it was definitely the, it was him. So you can't use her. No. Uh, his fingerprints were found at four of the crime scenes. Gary was, in, was indicted for indicted. the murders on May 5th, 1984, convicted on August 26, 1986, and sentenced to death the following day. Oh. So a whole bunch of shit came up after this. Um, questions have been raised over the, what is it, the propriety of Gary's conviction? Sure, the okay. propriety. I don't know. Yeah. Me either. Um, <laughs> according to the group of supporters, and a book by investigation by investigative journalist David Rose, Gary's lawyer was refused was refused state funding to carry out a defense. Okay, so he, re- he refused state funding to carry out a de- to carry out a defense against himself. Wait, uh, against against uh, Carlton. Yeah. Oh, okay. There is also evidence that Gary's fingerprints were not held to match the crime scene prints until seven years later, when the case was re-examined. Despite Gary having been printed just one year after the murder, at the time when all the prints in the U.S. were being compared to prints found at the crime sites. They also claimed Gary's interview in which supposedly confessed was not recorded. Oh. 
nor were the notes taken, and Gary's confession was written by a police officer in the days following the interview from his own recollection. Oh, wow. Yeah. When, sub- when submitted... Gotta, look, man, this guy's a piece of shit, but you gotta do your job right, man. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta do your job right. Yeah. So when submitted as evidence, the confession was unsigned and undated, and Gary did not ha- and Gary denied having made it. The alleged Gary semen intigen. Sure. No way. I don't know. Gary semen secretion did not match the the perpetrators. So his semen, they saying his semen did not match from him raping the victim. Okay. Furthermore, a cast made from a bite wound on a victim. Allegedly did not match Gary's bite mark pattern. Oh, he's out here biting him too? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) God damn. Although, yeah, Gary's bite mark mark pattern, um, although it was noted that he had dental work in prisons subsequent to the victim's death. I mean, like, what, he got new teeth? I mean, what do you mean? It's only the 70s. (laughs) You can't just get the the porcelain treatment and get a whole new mouth of white teeth. But maybe they ripped out some ones that would have matched or something like that. Or maybe he got gold, you know, gold teeth were pretty popular in there around this time yes. still. Um, his supporters claim that the prosecution withheld this evidence at a tr- at trial. So Rose's book also linked prosecute, prosecutors, judges, and police who worked on the case to a whites-only organization oh. called the Big Eddie Club and traces the history of racial injustice in Columbus. Including the role of the judge of the judge's family members mm. in lynching and other injustice in the city. Oh, he tried to go Cochran. Yeah, he tried to do the o, pull the OJ move. Oh. So in 2007, Gary was positively linked through DNA to rape to the rape and murder case of um, white 40 year old Marion Fisher. Marion was raped and murdered after leaving a bar in New York in 1975. Yeah, so on, on December 1st, 2009, the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear Gary's latest appeal, clearing the way for the execution date to be set. Mm. On December 4th, a court set... On December 4th, a court set a, a December 16th execution date for Gary. On December 15th, the State Board... The, date, the State Board of Pardons and Paroles denied the, the request to stay... Denied the request to stay his execution. Okay. What does that mean? He tried to say, "I don't want to get, uh, don't don't kill me." Oh, okay. And they denied it. Oh, okay. All right, I see. Denied. Okay. On December sixteenth, only hours before the execution, Georgia Supreme Court halted the execution to hold a hearing and determine whether the DNA test should be conducted to determine Gary's guilt or innocence. On February twenty third, two thousand eighteen, which was jeez, yeah. A new execution date was set for March 15, 2018. On March 15, 2018, Gary, Carlton Gary was executed by lethal injection. He died at 10.33 p.m. and declined to make any final statement. I'm not saying nothing. Yep. It took, them, Gary. it took them that was 30 years so long ago. to kill him. <laughs> it, took him third, it took them 30 years to wow. kill that man. That's the, that's, the death row whole situation is just so messy and unorganized and just it's just crazy man like 30 years you're feeding this person all this kind of stuff you might as well you you got him on death row for 30 years you might as well just let him fucking keep feeding him shit i mean 30 years i'm yeah. not gonna go into that conversation again but um yeah that was a cool story um carlton gary yep okay i want to know more about this uh chairman of the 
the oh, um, board of evil. William Henry Hance. Yeah, he made up made up his own position yep. of evil. Interesting. Well, folks, it's been another episode of Affirmative Murder. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, I want to say one more final RIP to Toys R Us. For anybody that I assume is listening to this, you grew up going there. or It's been around so long, so unless you're like eight, you mm. shouldn't be listening to this. It says explicit, so turn it off. But, um, yeah, um, I think everybody has a, you know, a memory of getting your first bike from Toys R Us or yep. getting a game or getting, you know, baseball cards or Pokemon cards or just something. You have some kind of memory of Toys R Us. And it's kind of a sad day. Um, we are headed into the future, but that is going to be sometimes stuff that is nostalgic and beautiful to us is going to go to the wayside because of that. I feel bad that Toys R Us is closing, but I love Amazon. <laughs> they get my stuff here in two days. Yep. I have Amazon Prime. Same. I'm about to get the the courage up to start uh, buying groceries, maybe, and see, you know see how that goes. Make a small order. Let, let me know. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna might order something and just see how that goes. If that leads to does uh, it come in I'm, a green bag? Is that Amazon? I don't. Yeah, I don't know the details of or it. That yet. might be Peapod. I, have, I, I, I haven't I haven't done it yet. But I mean, okay. this is what happens. I mean, Blockbuster closed. I have many great memory of Blockbuster, but streaming's better. It just is. Yeah. It just it just is better. You know, obviously going to Blockbuster on a Friday night and not knowing what you're going to oh, get man. or getting a game. You baby rent, mom let you rent a game. It was it's just great memories and it, get, it, it was an excitement that these kids will never know. Get that laminated Blockbuster card. Yeah, you can go by yourself. It's got your name on it so yep. now you don't need your mom to come with you to rent the, get, rent the oh, shit from man. Blockbuster. You can just go in your flip-flops and just go rent a movie or a game. Yes, it, it was amazing. And you have responsibility of having to bring it back, you know, like, it taught you a little bit of responsibility because there's late fees involved not and shit. Not me, but I guess. Well, you know. Not me either, but I'm just saying, <laughs> some people were, you know, it taught you, like, oh, if you're late, you got to pay $2 or whatever. But or you're not allowed to rent a movie. Do you remember where we lived at, it was the Blockbuster and the Pizza Hut. No, Papa John's was next to it. Uh-huh, yeah. <sighs> what? Do both? Yeah, so that's a oh. hell of a Friday night. My goodness. Maybe rent two movies and your mom get you a, a extra large pizza or something like that. Get a game. Oh, come on, man! Pizza and games, you know. Yes, they kids would never. They would no. Have. But that's what I mean. Like, but they have the game fly and all this kind of stuff. Like, you can just get the game on the on the game. The, you can just download it. So, but you literally don't even have to leave your house anymore. You don't. Like. It really is. It's getting sad. It really is. Getting <laughs> sad. We are genuinely. If you, if it, for those of you who have seen Wally, we are turning into that movie. You know, I watch my favorite show to watch is My Six Hundred Pound Life. It's insane that it's enough Americans in that show, or enough Americans in this country that are over five hundred pounds that that show has been on for like six seasons wow. with like eighteen episodes a season. Hundreds of people are over five hundred pounds, just eating and drinking Mountain Dew, drinking a gallon of soda a day, and just sitting down. And you can watch a thousand movies and play a billion games. And you got games on your phone. You don't have to leave your house. You can order food. They got Uber Eats. Like, we're all going to end up floating in little chairs, not walking, and being fat with a computer screen in front of our face, like in that movie Wally, man. But I think that we have an opportunity to not allow that to happen. But it's still, like I said, I love the future. But when these moments happen, of like, you know, something dies that just, even though it's 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 a relic, it, it doesn't function right anymore. Toys R Us, you don't need it. You can go on Amazon, go wherever, and just order it, and it comes to your house. It's still sad 
that something you have so much great memories of is just dead now. But what if, think about it, in the future, I don't know how long in the future, but way in the future, uh-huh. now you just brought up Amazon delivering your groceries. Like, what if you don't even have to leave the house for anything? Like, I mean, it gets to like, that point like, some... let me tell you like this. Legitimately, the only reason I don't have, I, I, I do have to leave my house is because I don't have the money to do that. But you can. Dude, you cannot like if your house is awesome and you have millions of dollars, yeah. you can have Uber Eats bring your food to you. Yeah, I mean you, can, you don't have to leave it is it is set up slightly that way in the year 2018. Yeah. You just have to have the money to be able to do it. Yeah, I mean but like, you cannot leave your house if you want to, if you're set up to be able to do it. Right. It's just for me, like if you work I, don't, from I home, don't like leaving my house anyway, but Yeah. I mean but you're only have, active. Only, only time I have to leave the house is to go to work and then like do other stuff, you know. Yeah play basketball whatever but right. it's like i'll be in the house like for me i'll be in the house chilling like you i'm it fine is great. in the house it is great <laughs> i have it no like i just i watched seven episodes of my 600 pound life on a thursday uh day just not even morning or night the whole day yeah. i was off i sat on the couch i ate chocolate peanut butter pretzels from uh-huh. trader joe's and just watched seven episodes of a show but i mean like why do you it's like it sucks that kids gotta they're not gonna have like how the childhood that we had, but like leave the house for what? Like what's out like I'm just I feel more safe in my house. Oh, if it's a safety thing for sure. I if I had kids, which I don't, I would be terrified to let my kids leave the house. Right. But as a kid who had a childhood, these I you know, I didn't grow up like playing Call of Duty, you know, I mean like eventually we did. We probably were like yeah. seventeen, eighteen when that got introduced to us and we were playing but like when I was ten, I was outside, like getting my knee scraped. Playing football, playing basketball, making up games. Me and some friends in elementary school, we used to play this game where we would all line up parallel to each other, and one person would run down the middle of us, and we throw book bags at each other. Oh yeah. Whoever can run without getting hit by a book bag, you win. I don't know how that's a game, but it was. We played it. You it's know. Like now, and now these kids just are on uh, oh. Twitter yep. and you know making uh, Vine. I feel so old saying they don't do that. <laughs> making Instagram snaps. I don't even you know. Th- th- they all, everything is fake. They just communicate with each other through the phone. Yeah. It's like, now it's like, it's 90 something degrees outside. When I was a kid, I used to be outside Even when in it that. was this hot. Even in that. I used to be outside. My dad used to be way. like, my dad be like, no, stay in the yeah. house. It's too hot. No, but all my friends are outside. They'll find a way, man. You bring a jug of water outside. Yeah, like, you guys go get, we stop, used to get be a, outside. a tea, get an Arizona tea, and, 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 and make it work, man. We used to be outside 90 degree weather. I don't yeah. care. We used to be out there. That's like, why, though. To answer your question, like, that's why. Because that's what <laughs> life is supposed to be. I know it's great. I'm 26. I, you know, we're young, but, you know, we. I, 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 I'm an old soul. I love being in the house. Mm. But if you're 11, you shouldn't love being in the house. Be outside. I used to be outside all day. All day, man. Oh, the only man. reason I was coming in the house is because I had to. <laughs> you know, these kids, they're in the house all day. Mm-hmm. It just, it's just not natural. You're supposed to go. You're supposed to have some scars when you're 20 yeah. from, oh, yeah, I fell off a cliff one time. Me and my friends were playing a stupid game. Or, mm. uh, yeah, I bust my eyebrow open when I was 11. You know, these kids just are soft and, 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 and not doing anything. And it's crazy. I'm so happy I grew up when I did. Exactly, man. man. I mean, this is, I understand it's just a toy store, but like it represents so much more than that. Like kids aren't going out to go get their toys, even. They're not, the toys are just coming to them. There's not even a a mystery in it. You don't go and go, well, all right, my mom gave me $40. 
let me just go and see what toys are there. Mm-hmm. And I'll you can go, I want this toy. Type, 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 type. Come yep. up, the price. I'll get exactly that toy. Yep. You know exactly what you want. It just, it just, it's just no, it's no feeling spontaneous, going to, right, no mystery, right. no wonder. It's just none of that is in these youth anymore. And it's going to turn them. I think we're raising a society of kids who are going to be dull yep. and have, they've had everything so they don't want anything and just entitled and it, it's just it's just a slippery slope, and not. But this isn't. We went on a bit of a rant, <laughs> a rant just now. That's not this podcast. We're not talking about kids or toys or any shit like that. But it just it, it is a it is a oddly sad moment in time, where the biggest toy store of a generation is just it doesn't exist anymore. Um. So yeah, I just felt like we needed to touch on that one more time before we took off. I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in True Crime, Franco Evans. Until next time. And we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park